Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Holy Ship podcast. Today, we are going to have an episode that will close our sex 2.0 season. And we were going to have a guest today. um, But instead, Lydia and I have decided to come on here and talk a little bit about what we've learned and to reflect on an episode that we recorded, but did not decide to release. Um, just because we wanted to have further discussion and felt like it probably wasn't our best work or um, fit within uh, the season or the direction we wanted to go. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode and talk out some of the things that we heard and some things that we listened. Hello, Lydia. (laughs) Hey, Emma. Um, Yeah. So we just got done with an episode that we were planning on using for this one. And as soon as the conversation started, it was very clear that our beliefs did not align on the topics of women, Christianity, and sexuality. And I would say it was very much so purity culture, like language and that like ideology. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was honestly quite off-putting as a woman to hear Right. And I want to make this clear up front that we aren't like silencing these viewpoints or being Mm -hmm. like, oh, if you disagree with us, like we're not going to have you on the podcast because we actually have filmed Mm -hmm. or not filmed, recorded a lot of things that like I might personally disagree with. um, And we've we've aired that. But this is something like you can go out still to different regions in the United States and hear like some of this language. And so it's not like we're silencing it and it's not Mm -hmm. even like it's bad. I just want, I just felt like it was like right intention, poor execution. And I don't want our platform to become a place where women feel, Mm -hmm. um, feel shamed for decisions or thoughts Mm -hmm. or, lack thereof. And, you know, I think that goes back to our mission statement where we want to create an environment that's shame-free and we can still foster other viewpoints as long as they aren't shaming us well. And I think this conversation was leading more towards the shame route than other ones. Cause we've had guests who aren't Christian or who are like different denominations or have different beliefs, but yeah, Yeah. this one I feel is like more shaming. Um, Right. And the fact that, um, you know, I'll just be very candid I'm definitely a sinner, you know, I have Mm -hmm. things in my sexual past that I'm not proud of, but, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say, like, I don't, I don't feel like burdened with guilt. And Mm -hmm. the fact that this conversation started to make me feel that way, I just, you know, I worry about other women Mm -hmm. who may be in a different place than I am and hearing that might be triggering. I don't mm-hmm. want to definitely, you know, <laughs> definitely connotation with that word, but it's, it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, 
I wanted to, I think it'd be interesting content to go through some of the questions that we asked this guest mm-hmm. and kind of get our reactions on it um, in real time. So, you know, first we talked about, Wait, can okay, I start with ahead. the first question? Yeah, absolutely. This is the one, this was our first question really set me off on the wrong path as soon as we got this, because I was quite upset as soon as it happened, but <laughs> we asked him, how would you define purity? And immediately one, he's hard talking about women in purity, but then also only refer to it in like terms of sexuality and relationally, and not, I'll say like a holistic view of purity, which we've, I mean, we've posted stuff like this on the Instagram page of why like purity and virginity shouldn't be equated or like, and how sexuality is an aspect of purity, but not the entire thing. Um, and how so often, especially in purity culture, it's like elevated to virginity and purity are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. 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 So that was the first question. Um, and I guess, do you have any like re- more reaction you want to, I think it was just upsetting because I also, so he was a pastor that we were interviewing, mm-hmm. um, just like for context. So then I also asked him, you know, do you think it's only in terms of sexuality or do you think there's a holistic view? And he was like, oh yeah. But then the holistic view wasn't, I'll say how a lot of the Bible discusses purity as like pursuing like a relationship with God or like the different fruits of the spirits or anything like that. Fruits of the spirit, um, anything like that. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. I think, yeah, as, as this question, you know, started our conversation off, um, I was, I was getting very much like blast to the past of when Mm -hmm. I was really younger and the word purity was thrown around a lot. Yeah. And the word sex was thrown around Mm -hmm. a lot, but with no further detail. Yeah. Like definitely, definitely you know, purity was thrown around, but yet virginity wasn't really mm-hmm. like talked about within that context. Uh, yeah. Within that context. And like, there was nothing in between. It was mm-hmm. literally just talks of, you know, you want to dress covered up mm-hmm. because you want to remain pure. Yes. It's like, what else does that mean? And, mm-hmm. and um, this guest that we had, you know, was forthright with saying that, um, he would go to his children to talk about these things, but he really wanted them to come to him. Mm -hmm. And my concern, especially with girls is that girls don't really ask questions enough. Um, and you know, this just is societal norm and, you know, women are generally more kind and compassionate. So we're not going to go and like, question the authority or the status quo. And that was a concern of mine is that if men don't feel like, or fathers, um, or pastors, ministers, church leaders, um, don't feel like they need to go to women as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think women will go to them. You know, yeah. women will go to other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if they do go to the band, or like the pastor, dad, whatever, it doesn't seem like in this case, it was an environment that was going to foster like one shame free, but then 
an environment that they can question things and like work through that together. Right. So it's just, yeah. Right. Definitely. And yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then um, it kind of developed into a talk about um, modesty mm-hmm. and clothing. So that was a interesting to, to bring up is um, that our guest would or claim to have talked about uh, like dressing modestly with his son, like he did his daughter. I don't Lydia, you kind of got more. Yeah. So, you know, we were asking, or we were talking about how on this podcast, we do talk about purity culture. I mean, that's really the reason why this podcast started. Um, we talk about purity culture, how it's affected, how women view themselves, their bodies, their relationships and their sexuality. So I asked, I was like, how do you present sexuality and purity at your church? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. just like talk about it and foster that environment. And he was saying that he like, you know, addresses modesty with his daughters, modesty at the church, all that stuff. And then I asked him, you know, do you ever address it with men? Um, Because he was saying that we can't like fill the guy's minds with lust or, you Mm -hmm. know, we have to dress modestly so that there's not like lustful situations. And so, yeah, I brought up, I was like, you know, have you ever talked about modesty with men? And he said, you know, funny you should ask. We actually have family camp. And obviously before we go to camp, we address modesty with the women about like bathing suits because they'll be swimming, all that stuff. And some girls came up to him and were like, hey you know, there's guys running out, running around without shirts on. And like, that's not protecting us from lustful thoughts or like sexual desires. And we're kind of like, you know, what what do we do about that? And he was just like, oh yeah, good question. He's like, you know, obviously from a male perspective, he wasn't really thinking of that. Right. And but he didn't address all of the men at the camp or suddenly make a rule that like men should have to wear shirts too if women have to like be fully dressed. But then he said he did bring it up with his son later, who is like a good looking boy, how he shouldn't be wearing tight clothes, all of that stuff. But I think the fact that one again, and this is like girls that did actually come up to him and talk about this with him. Mm-hmm. That's huge. He, That's really yes, great. I never would have done that when I, like literally never. And these girls did, but then it wasn't met with immediate, like, oh, I actually didn't think about that, like, or even an apology. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it wasn't addressed after that, but it was done like in closed doors with like one guy in the church, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And this is another instance of these conversations about sex and purity Mm -hmm. happening strictly with women and putting all the responsibility on women Mm -hmm. and not on men. And another thing is too, that I've been thinking of throughout the season, as we've been recording is that a lot of, I mean, I think it's good to have like men and women's groups Mm -hmm. and address both. But another thing is like very few people address them all together, Mm -hmm. like put them in a room and like, you know, this is what's going on. Yeah. And I'm not saying I have all the answers and every family is different. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a very telling example Yeah, of, and I think yeah. that one was one that also just like more personally angered me just because having grown up in purity culture where that very much was a thing where like 
girls have to dress modestly. Girls like have to do this to protect their brothers. And then like, we're the ones talked about sex. We're the ones like, if you have sex before marriage, you know, your flowers getting crumpled or like your paper Mm -hmm. hearts being ripped and you're somehow damaged. And it's like, okay, like this is again, feeding that narrative. And then yeah, like it ignores women's sexual desires as well. And the fact that we could struggle with lust, it's just like totally off the table. I'm getting ramped up because I actually, (laughs) I, I also heard, you know, this, our guest had a daughter who desired Mm -hmm. marriage. Yeah. And I desired that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but something, how this conversation went and the, some of the things we were hearing was the pressure was on her to remain pure. Like if this Mm -hmm. was a desire of hers, she needed to like keep it in check, you know, stay on the right path because, you know, this X, Y, and Z can happen and Mm -hmm. you'd attract the right person. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that will happen. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. that's the truth, but it's not always the case, at least with what I've seen. And, you know, I was never, thankfully never told that, um, you know, when I told my parents, that's what I desired. It was never, okay, now you can't kiss another boy. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You got to hold out until, until Mr. Wright comes along and he's like, okay. And good. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm about to jump to another tangent. So, so, okay. Like you wait out, you hold out until marriage, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to stay pure. So you get it, you get married. Yes. And then you're supposed to be the woman is mm-hmm. supposed to give it to him yeah. all the time, whenever he wants and- he did bring this up because we were talking about like abstinence before marriage. And then also within marriage, what does that look like? Are you allowed to withhold sex? Like his views on that. And he said he did. I will say he presented kind of both sides on this one. Yeah. Stating, I don't remember what the two passages where I'll have to like go back and look at those, but one of the passages, yeah. Was that, you know, your body belonged to each other. Mm-hmm. And so when someone has sexual desires and wants to have sex, that you should not withhold that. And that by withholding that you're tempting him to turn to masturbation and porn, which again, putting that on the woman, he did not address that the other way around. Second off, he was, there was a verse that he did say, you know, you're supposed to be considerate towards the other person, obviously. And right. so if they don't want sex, maybe they're like grieving, maybe they're going through like sickness, whatever that you should be considerate of that. But if, you know, like everyone's healthy, fine, hunky dory, that you should be having sex and you should be fulfilling their sexual desires. Mm -hmm. And I think especially after our porn season, so many of the women we talked to whose spouses were addicted to porn had this message that it was their job to somehow fulfill them sexually so that they don't turn to porn when that's not necessarily even the root cause or their responsibility at all. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, couples we've talked to on the podcast, off the podcast in our Mm -hmm. everyday life, a lot of them did wait for marriage. Yeah, A lot of them were really pure and it's Mm -hmm. like, and then when they got married, they had sex all the time. Yeah. It still didn't matter because an Mm -hmm. addiction is addiction Yeah, and it can't be categorized as in like what we were hearing. Mm -hmm. And so you know, yeah, there's just, there is a, 
there's a few problems. There's the one, the, the failure to recognize that women struggle with lust mm-hmm. and sexual desire as much as what men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, the responsibility that is put on women to, you know, remain pure for their spouse when that same responsibility isn't put as heavily on men anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or really, you know, ever, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, and so I would say, you know, those are, and then the third problem, <laughs> and it's something I want to touch on. Cause I, you know, feel like it's the third problem I can probably re- relate to the most is the lack of like sexual education and mm-hmm. just the, um, the assumption that we all know what remaining pure is. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, because mm-hmm. there's, there's so much that people forget. Like when you have a boyfriend and, and our, we also talked about this in this podcast is, um, our guests recommended that you're not in the same room, like alone mm-hmm. with yeah. your boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, I can get, I can get behind that. Um, but you know, so you wouldn't have that physical desire, but mm-hmm. there was no recognition. And I think it was forgotten or maybe just not said or implied is that you can still fall into sexual sin yes. without being in the same mm-hmm. room with you can have sexual desires and thoughts and lust being outside of that room, mm-hmm. you know, without your boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's like, yeah. what are we teaching people? What are we telling people? <laughs> to, you know, one, live without shame two curb your appetites and, and three live joyfully Mm -hmm. in those three things. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I also think another point that frustrated me was that this whole time it's like treated that women don't have sexual desires that guys do, but girls don't. But then all of a sudden in marriage, women are supposed to have all the sexual yes. desires fulfill every single need. And it's like, okay, but you're not even acknowledging that pre marriage. Yeah. And how do you go from zero to 100? It's just like, that's a lot to like yeah. process. And then like growing up in that, you know, obviously like I'm not married yet. And so mm-hmm. like, I've had time to like, really like think about this deconstruct, like some of those beliefs and rebuild after like studying the Bible and reading all these books and talking with people. But like, it just makes me sad for the girls who have to go through that where it's like they're kind of just treated like crap like with like regards to like purity and sexuality and then all of a sudden it's like their fault if their husband's addicted to porn or like is masturbating yeah and you know I feel like this is what I thought the perfect world would be like <laughs> like really really young and I'm mm-hmm. all about keeping young men and women pure of heart and mind for as long as you can, like, yeah, I'm about that. Or maybe not, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you can, but what an appropriate length should be. And that maybe in the right world, there is like no sexual thoughts and temptations and Mm -hmm. you meet someone and you just love them because they're just amazing. And you never think about having sex with them. And then, you know, you kiss on your wedding day and then you get to the bed and you're like, okay, now we, now Mm -hmm. we have sex. And it's like, 
like, I don't even know. Maybe this exists out there and that's Mm -hmm. great if it does, but it's just, that's not the reality. It's just not, it's so much more complicated and messy and Mm -hmm. than than people think. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But Lydia, you're saying all the right things. And I, you know, this guest's passion for, um, you know, living in a godly marriage and preparing Mm -hmm. his kids was admirable, but there was some things lacking that I just didn't want. Yeah. You know, on our platform. Mm -hmm. And I also like through this podcast mentor girls Mm -hmm. and even like some men, you know, that listen to this and really respect our viewpoints. And it's like, I don't want them to hear that Yeah. after all we've talked about Mm -hmm. with them. And I'm also a very strong advocate for Mm -hmm. empowering men. And I felt like this viewpoint kind of didn't empower them at all to take Mm -hmm. ownership or responsibility, you know, overdoing, you know, this. And I and, think yeah, go ahead. the like part of when you said about powering, how it wasn't really empowering either person, because True. you know, at the end we asked, how would you recommend for engaged couples preparing for marriage? Oh yeah. Relationally and sexually. And it was like, oh, you know, like don't have sex. There's no why behind it. There's not even like, you're like, that's just all the, like, like, I don't know. Oh, shoot. I don't remember what exactly he said, but it I wasn't know, know, like giving you something where it's like, here's actually a way that like, we can like really work on this or here's like an explanation behind why it's just, this like kind of blank. And then we're not going to talk was, about it. Anymore. Here is the explanation. Here was the explanation. So he used the example of, um, uh, oh, Esau. Esau. Yes. Mm-hmm. Giving up his birthright. And yeah. that's what it'd be like if, you know, you were a engaged couple and you had sex before marriage, mm-hmm. you're like Esau. Um, satisfying his earthly appetite and kind of regretting it for the rest of your life. Mm Um, and yeah, yeah, we are obviously pro have sex and marriage, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not before, but at the same time, that is not our reasoning at all. Yeah. And also we've talked about this in our virginity episode in our first season, right? Like how one, I don't think everyone needs to or has to classify virginity the way we did in the episode. But according to that, like, I'm not a virgin because I've done a lot of sexual things. Like I haven't had intercourse, but I've done like basically everything else. And like, I did feel shame for so long, but I think God like works through that mm-hmm. and he heals that. And Absolutely. to think that you're going to have shame for the rest of your life, I think is diminishing the power of God yeah. and the power of his blood and his healing power. And yeah, I was just like really upsetting because I did start feeling shame again as he was talking. And I was like, should I like feel like shame going into this? And I feel like it just brought me all the way back. to like where I was before we started this whole journey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's, that's terrible that, you know, made you feel that way. I, I mainly just, you know, I just mainly got upset because, you know, I know 
personally, people who have struggled with things Mm -hmm. that weren't being, you know, recognized or given any grace to, and, you know, even myself, like, you know, to what have I done wrong and, um, what will I regret, Mm -hmm. you know, for the rest of my life. And, and yeah. And so it was just, yeah, it was just something that, and, you know, maybe, maybe we're not like, I don't know, saying it exactly how it was intended to Mm -hmm. be received, but this is just how two Christian women received this messaging. And so, and I think this kind of goes back to purity culture as well. And we've talked about this. I don't think anyone created purity culture with the intent on hurting women in their views of themselves and sexuality. Like, I think it's all like from this great place of like, yes, we want to protect the like people in our congregation. We don't want them to have to go through the consequences of all of this. And I think that's again, where he was coming from, Mm -hmm. but it is, as we've seen, and as a lot of us have grown up in purity culture really has a negative, like a negative effects on our life. It gives us a negative view of sexuality and can honestly really hurt us within marriages as well, because of the way it allows us to view ourselves, the relationship that we have, and then just like sex in general. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I would just sort of say like, if your desire is marriage and, you know, that is what you want. I think that in order to obtain that there's, there's a lot more that needs to be done with and yourself, within your relationships, within other mm-hmm. people to make that come to fruition. Absolutely. And I don't think that, you know, if, if you really, really, really want to be married, I don't think you can make that happen on your mm-hmm. own oh, through doing yeah. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I was, I think like super, super pure in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, a few years back. And that's what I wanted. Somehow I did not have Prince Charming getting on a knee mm-hmm. and proposing to me. Yeah. But like, that's kind of the messaging is like, that's Mm -hmm. what should happen. Cause I did everything right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot more transforming that has to happen within every individual. And I think that, yeah, just placing all the onus and responsibility Mm -hmm. on, on, um, on young women is, is just rough. It's just rough. Yeah. And just to end on some encouragement. Yep. Thanks. You are <laughs> never too far gone. Like no matter what you've done, God desires relationship with you. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want you sitting in shame and he wants you to live in the light. And yeah, Jesus died for our sins and his blood is so much more powerful than purity culture or any messaging that we've gotten. And so I just like encourage you to just seek God throughout everything. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to just talk about this with us, we're here for you. And you can message us at the holy shift.podcast on Instagram or email us if you have maybe a longer story or comments at the holy shift.podcast at gmail.com. So we really do look forward to listening to you and would love, love, love to hear your thoughts on this. So yeah, yeah. feel free to reach out.